Welcome to Encompass Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. To share your story of what God has been doing in you and through you, take a moment to email us at amen at encompass.org.au. Enjoy today's message. How are you all? I do love preaching Good Friday. It's, it's interesting, as I get older, I, I just think this is a real pivotal service. And um, what a beautiful thing it is to be in God's house on Good Friday. The most sacred, I think it's probably the most sacred of days in the Christian calendar. And um, so welcome, welcome. And those who are online, I want to welcome you as well. That you know, we're a little, little bit later on, we're going to be taking communion. And I just want to say, that if you want to be part of that, just to get some emblems and partake with us because it is a special a special day so i'm going to assume most people here today you either are christians or at least you got some sort of christian background you don't come to church on good friday unless there's something like that you might come to resurrection but so i'm going to assume a few things here today and i think i said this last week i'm going to dig a little bit deeper into god's word is that okay that's all right because i know that you know you guys understand the scriptures and then we'll share communion are you ready all right, I want you to turn in uh, the Word of God to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 has been called by many people the most important chapter for a New Testament believer. And I, I tend to agree. And so I'm going to read a passage of Scripture, and then I'm going to land on one verse, and then we're just going to see where that all takes us. So, so here we go. Romans 8, verse 28 to 30. We know that in everything, God works for the good of those who love him. These are the people God chose. I want you to look at all the verbs here. God chose. Because that was his plan. He knew them before he made the world. He decided that they would be like his son. Then Jesus would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. God planned for them to be like his son. He chose them. He made them right with him. And after he made them right. He gave them his glory. I don't know what you watch on TV, but there's a lot of rubbish on TV. But one of the things I do like to watch is, is house renovations. I think it's a little bit of the builder in me. I love to see how things transform. And, and there's always a picture of this old broken down home. And, and maybe it's run down or there's a lot of damage. And, and then these builders come in and in a very short period of time, they absolutely transform the place. And they usually give you the before and after. I like to see the before. And this is what it looked like before. And this is what it looks like now. And you go, wow, that's incredible. It doesn't even look like the same place. It, it's just absolutely transformed. And some rooms need a whole lot more than others because there's been water damage or, or, or just a, the, the, the timber is rotting. The whole thing is like, what are they going to do? And it's just an amazing transformation. It's the before and after. And as Paul reflects on Christians and, and what God has done in our life, he is astonished and he begins to, in Romans chapter 8 and other places in the scripture, he begins to give you the before and the after. He says, before, I'm going to jump to Ephesians and Romans, I'm going to give you a little bit of a broad picture here, but he says, before we were cut off from God, we were far away from him, but now we have been brought near now we have been made his own. Now we have immediate access into his presence. Before, 
We were children of wrath, but now we are the children of God. Can I have an amen here? Now we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Access into His very... Now we call God our Father, God in heaven, our Father who art in heaven. Before we were cursed, but now we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Everything that God has, He wants to pour in a favor rests upon our lives. Before we were headed for judgment, but now we have an inheritance that is waiting for us. And nobody can rob that inheritance. Nobody can take that away from us. It is ours eternally. You are rich beyond imagination. You just don't know it yet. You are rich because you have an inheritance that is eternal in the heavens. Before we live for ourselves, continually looking after what's good for me, what's good. But now we've got a transformation of heart. And any true believer in Christ has got this one desire. says, I just want to please God. I, I want my life to matter. I want to do what he wants to do. Let your will be done in my life. Do I have anybody who's got that prayer happening? Before, our prayers were weak and anemic. But now when you pray, all of heaven pays attention. Before, you were at the mercy of luck, circumstances, whatever. But now we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God. Amen. Before, you couldn't escape your body. You knew that it was going to, it's wearing down, you're getting depressed. But now we have been promised a new body. Now we've been promised one that with limitless energy. Now we've been promised a mind that doesn't fade. Now we've been promised the ability to discover the universe that God has for us. The before and the after. We just started to touch it here. And Paul is just is overwhelmed by what God has done in our life. In fact, it's a little bit like, why would God pay so much attention to humanity? This little puny planet, why does God even bother with us? And so he's, he's sort of scratching his head, and that's why he says in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, what can we say to these things? I'm lost for words. I don't know how to, I can't explain, it doesn't make sense why God has given us so much attention. And the only conclusion that he can come to is the next phrase, God is for us. Say, God is for me. Why don't you say to somebody next to you, God is for you. He says, if God is for us, then who can be against us? Think about the worst thing that's ever happened in your life. Think about the most horrendous, hurtful situation that you thought was going to take you out. You thought, I'll never recover from this. That's it. I'm gone. Checking out all over. Can you think of something? Think of something. Is something coming to mind? I can. But you're still here. You're still here, but by the grace of God, because God is for you. God is for you. God fought for you. He comforted you. He strengthened you. When you're at your lowest, he was at his greatest. God poured his life into you. You are here today because of the goodness and the grace of God. If God is for us, who can be against us? Some of you are going through it right now. Let me tell you, you will come through the other side because God is for you. He's not against you. 
And then I love the way the Message Bible puts it. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. With God on our side, how can we lose? I love it. Well, the answer is, you can't. You can't lose. It's a rhetorical question. If God is for us, how can be against us? And then Paul reaches the, the pinnacle of Romans chapter 8. And, and probably some people say even the pinnacle of the New Testament with these words. And I just want to spend a little bit of time there in Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Especially because we're talking about Easter. And he says, and he, you want to read it with me? He did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not also with him graciously give us all things? I'll read it again. God, who did not spare, he did not withhold his own son, but he delivered, he handed him over, he gave him for us, for us all. How shall he not also with him graciously give us all things? You know, we can read these words here and it just sounds, oh, well, you know, I know that scripture. But Paul wants us to understand the intensity of this moment that's taking place here. He wants us to understand the massive tension in the heart of God that he did not spare his own son. He wants us to see the incredible wrestle that God is going through, the horrendous decision that he had to make From eternity past to eternity future, God will never have to make this decision. The price was so high. The tension in his heart is so deep. Paul wants us to grab a hold of this. I don't know if you've ever wanted something. You've really desired, you've dreamt it, and maybe you saved some money. And then finally you decide you're going to buy it. And so you go to the shop, or maybe you go online and, and you see it. There it is, what you've always wanted. You've been looking for this thing. It's, it's now looking great. And you think, wow, this is exactly what I wanted. And then you turn the price tag around. And you go, What? Maybe it's five times more than what you expected. And you go, that is absolutely ridiculous. There is no way I'm going to pay that amount. That is just not happening. It may be worth that, but I'm just not willing to pay that much. And so you walk away and you're disappointed. And and your wife said, anyway, you're not buying it. There's no way you're going to buy that. Just forget it. You think you're crazy or something? That's not going to happen. You walk away. God looked at our salvation. And as it were, he turned the price tag around. And what he saw was so enormous, was so incomprehensible. It meant the unjust suffering of his one and only son. And he could have walked away. Do you know how much God loves his son? You know, we talk about, for God so loved the world that he gave his... Do you understand how much God loves his son? 
It's limitless. It's without measure. Our human mind cannot even comprehend it because they existed together in eternity past. Everything the Father has, He has given to the Son. They are one in essence. They are one in mind. They are one in heart. Two times the Father speaks when Jesus is on the earth and the audible, the only time we hear the audible voice of God. He says, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 13, Paul calls him the Son of his love. No father has ever loved his son more. The Mount Everest between our salvation and God's love was this point of could God, would God overcome his white hot, infinite, affectionate love toward his son? And would he hand him over to be lied to, betrayed and and denied, and mocked, and flogged, and beaten, and spat upon, and nailed to a cross, and pierced with a sword like an animal, and hung there on a rack to die for us. Would God do that? That was the question. That was the greatest obstacle to your salvation. It wasn't your sin. It wasn't your pride. It was this. It was this. He was under no obligation to do so. He didn't have to. He could have walked away. But if he could, and if he would, it would mean that for all of eternity, we would never have to doubt again the goodness and the grace and the love and the commitment that God has for you and I. We would, because every time we would look to the cross and say, there it is, there it is. Some of you might say, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, Pastor John. I thought, doesn't the Bible say that Judas handed him over to be betrayed? I mean, doesn't the Bible say that Pilate handed him over to the soldiers? Doesn't it say Herod and the mob took, took him away? Pastor John, doesn't even Jesus say, nobody takes away my life from me? I lay it down on my own accord. Doesn't the Bible say that? It does. And the answer is yes. But Romans chapter 8 verse 32 goes deeper. And it gives us an understanding of what's happening in God's heart. Because beneath and behind it all, God was handing his son over. God was delivering him. And to say... That it was a struggle to say that it was heart-wrenching is a complete understatement here. I don't know how long it took for God to come to that decision. It was a bit like this. There's no other way. If it must be, then it must be. 
You know, when they reached that decision, the father and the son reached that decision where Jesus would become the sacrifice, the atoning sacrifice for our sin. I can just imagine that all of heaven gasped. No, not the beloved son. Surely not. Surely not. He will sacrifice his life. No, it can't be. You must never underestimate the love of God for you. Never, ever underestimate. Because it tore the heart of God apart to do so. For God so loved the world that he gave his only, only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I think it's a good time to close our eyes and just say thank you to Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Holy Father, that you would go to such an extent that you would sacrifice your son. Lord, we are in debt forever. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Holy Father, for what you have done. You know, every Easter Friday service, this is my third, but whether I'm preaching or whether I've been taking, um, you know, sometimes song leading, I always quote these words from Isaac Watts. As he began to think about the cross, he says these words, Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Why don't we say that together? Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Can we just close our eyes just for a moment? I don't know where you are in your walk with God today. But your love, his love for you is limitless. And today, he would want you to turn toward him. Why don't you open up your heart to his love today? Whether you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, or maybe you've lost your way, he is looking for you. Why don't we all pray this prayer together? Lord, this day, I thank you for your limitless love. God, you sacrificed all. You sacrificed your son for me. I ask you to forgive me of my sin, to accept me as your son. I turn from going my way to going your way. I accept you as my Savior, Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I give my life to you. With every eye closed. You know, if you prayed that prayer, I know we all prayed it, but if you prayed that prayer from the heart, we are just so excited for you. We're just so happy for you because that is the first step that you take toward God. 
And we just simply want to celebrate. We just simply want to go, wow, that is amazing. If you prayed that prayer, and it's a, it's a prayer that came from your heart toward God, and it was like very meaningful, or you just accepted Christ, or you invited Him to come inside of you, would you just, just do me the honor, just slip up your hand, because we just want to say, well done. Just lift up your hand and just say, that's what I did today. Today, I gave my life back to God. Today, yeah, I, I accepted Him as my Savior and Lord. Today, I took a step toward Him. Just lift up your hand. You're not going to do anything else except just to congratulate you and just say, well done. Why don't we put our hands together, all these people who have raised, who've just raised their hand. Fantastic. We're so, so happy for you. All right, so then we come to the second half of this verse. And it says, He who did not spare His own Son but delivered him up, handed him over, gave him up for us all. How will he not also, say that with me, how will he not also freely or graciously give us all things? Again, a rhetorical question. The answer is, of course he will. Of course he will. If, if he gave us the best, why wouldn't he give us the rest? And can you see the divine logic here? It's from the greater to the lesser. It's actually a legal term that he's using. Those of you who are in the legal profession, it's called, I don't know if I got this pronouncing it right, but it's a fortiori, a fortiori, which means basically this. It means, it means from strength. And the idea is this. If you are going to exert your strength to accomplish something really difficult, then it's going to be easy for you to accomplish something a whole lot easier. It's from the greater to the lesser. Okay, let me give you an illustration. Say, say to your son, say, son, I want you to go next door and I want you to borrow a hammer from Mr. Brown. And your son says, why would I do that? If I, go, I don't want to do that. Why is the son? Well, because if I go there and then he doesn't give it to me, then I'm going to feel embarrassed. How are you going to talk to your son? How are you going to convince him? Well, you can use this argument here, a fortiori. From greater to lesser. You say, son, listen, don't you remember that yesterday he actually gave us a car to borrow? He actually said, you can borrow my car. And don't you remember what he said? He said, if you need anything, I regard you as family. If you need anything at all, you just come and I will give it to you. So do you understand, son? If he is going to give us his car, then for you to go and just borrow his hammer, that's something far less from the greater to the lesser. If God gave us his son, why would he not give us everything else? He sacrificed the greatest. He paid the biggest price. Everything else is like, it's a piece of cake. It's nothing compared to what God has done for us. He who did not spare his own son broke his heart, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not freely Graciously. Everybody say those words. Freely. Graciously. You see, God's hands toward you are not tight. It's not like he's tight-fisted. He's got an open hand toward his children. He's got an open hand toward you. You don't have to pry them open. God is gracious toward his children, and you can come with confidence because he's favorably disposed toward you. <laughs> Romans chapter 8 again. How will he not also... With him, freely give us all things. Everybody say all things. What does that mean? Does that mean that we're never going to have any more problems in life? I wish. No, it doesn't mean that. 
There are trials, there are temptations, there are difficulties, and God sometimes uses that to shape our lives. We know that. But one promise is absolutely sure in this life that God will see you through because God is for you, and He will see you through all things that you need to get through. Absolutely. What does it mean? Does it mean that it's just only spiritual? Is all things just spiritual? You know, some commentator says, oh, you know, it's all about spirit, you know, it doesn't mean anything else. Really? That's not the way I read it here. Jesus just taught his disciples to pray, our Father in heaven, give us this day our daily bread, that which we need to do well in life. So God is more than just talking about spiritual things. Of course he's talking about spiritual, everything you need, but it's talking about far more than that. There was a man called Chrysostom. Anybody heard of him? Okay. I'm sounding intelligent. I could say anything I like now. <laughs> but you look it up. His name was John Chrysostom. And he was born in 347 AD. He was one of the church fathers, an incredible preacher. Even to this day, we have his sermons, by the way. Amazing. And this is what he commented on this verse. He said, if God gave us the greatest gift, his son, surely... He will give us all things, lesser things, like food and clothing and shelter and sufficient health and everything else that we need. Another question. Is all things, meaning that he gives us whatever we want? Whatever we want? Not whatever we want. Who has got no idea? All right, let me explain it. No. No good parent gives their child everything that they want. That would be irresponsible. But what a good parent does is it gives them that which is good for them. Out of their imperfect will. Parents have got an imperfect, but we, a father who is perfect, and he knows exactly what we need. Amen. The psalmist says, no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So, so, when you pray and you intercede and you urge God and you pound the floor and God, you must. And, and we need to do all of that because the scripture tells us. And, and it doesn't happen. We turn back. And we say, loving Father, nothing is impossible with you. But you have withheld from me. I submit myself to your loving and gracious will, knowing that you will see me through. It's not what I wanted, but you will see me through. Come on, let's give God praise for his goodness. He will see you through. Incredible verses. What then shall we say in response to God's goodness? I don't know. Paul says, I, I, don't, I am her words. Why would God even bother with us? Ah, must be if God is for us who can be against us that's why he's for us for if God he who did not spare his own son who went through the heart-wrenching ordeal of sacrificing that him who was closest to his heart how will he not also with him freely give us all things. 
We're going to come around a time of communion. If you have your emblems, please take them out. Thank you. And if you're at home, you may want to just take emblems in your hand. A few years ago, we had a man by the name of Pastor David Storer, and he came. Do you remember Pastor David Storer? He came to our church. He's, he's, a, he's an elderly man, like me. And he told this story, which I never forgot it. And he was talking about that one of the most important ingredients in the European cuisine is tomato sauce. I'm going somewhere. Just hold on. I'm not talking about ketchup. I'm talking about the real tomato sauce because they use it everywhere in their diet. Made from real tomatoes. When the Italian immigrants and European immigrants came to Australia, they couldn't find any tomato sauce that was good enough. It was just, what is that stuff? And so they decided to make it for themselves. In fact, I remember when I was just a little boy, my... My dad grew tomatoes in the back garden. All the, the Italians, some of you still do it. And they were like the Adelaide tomatoes that we have today. I don't know where we got them from. Maybe they were smuggled from, I got no idea. He, got them, he, had, he was planting them. They were beautiful. And um, they ripened on the vine. And so they were just red and full of pulp and full of juice. And so what he would do is he'd squash those things. He had a particular press that squashed them and put them into bottles. Beer bottles. I <laughs> still remember somebody came to our home and they saw beer bottles in our, the fridge and it was one of the deacons of this church and they said, you know, Owen oh, Ellis actually, he goes, Pastor, you've got beer and, you know, it's tomato sauce. Don't worry about it. Okay. It's okay. It's all right. So what they do is they put them into beer bottles and then they, they have a drum, big drum that cut the top off it, put a fire underneath, put all the bottles in, fill it with water, and then they boil. It's a laborious process, a very laborious process, but it was great. Now, today, not a lot of people do it, and things have improved. Like muti, great tomato sauce. But my point is this. Not only is it great tomato sauce, but everything is in here. So you might say, oh, better add some sauce. No. Sorry, add, add, add some salt. No, it's in there. Oh, we need some garlic. No, they've added that as well. Oh, maybe some herbs and spices. Where to put that in? It's important. No, that's, that's in there too, you know. Oregano, basil. Yeah. It's all there. It's all in there. It's all together. It's all there. It's all in the sauce. You know, when you receive Christ, it all comes with him. It's all there. It's all there. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Everybody say, with him. 
And today we're going to take communion. I'll tell you what's with him. With him there is forgiveness. With him there is healing. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for Pastor Margaret Bagley this morning who needs a healing in her body. Lord God, that you'll be with her. Lord God, that you will surround her with your angels. And Lord God, you've extended her life. We pray that you will do it again. Anybody need healing here, by the way, this morning? Just lift up your hand. Just say, I just need a healing. Just lift up, lift up. I'm not going to bring you out. I just want to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, because of what you've done on the cross, in the name of Jesus, let healing be released in this place by the power of Jesus' name. Those of you at home, in the name of Jesus, be set free from that infirmity. Let the Lord God touch you. Let it slow down that which is happening in your body. Let him reverse that which is occurring. Father, we believe for your healing power in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. With him, with him, there's deliverance. With him, there is hope. With him, there is power that you need for that everyday life. With him, there is favor. With him, there is peace for your mind that is confused. With him, you have a new body. With him, you have everything that you need to live a good and godly life. It all comes because of Christ. It's with him. It's not with us. It's with him. That's why we celebrate communion. Let's all stand. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Lord, we take a hold of this bread that symbolizes your body that was broken for us. And we say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's partake in Jesus' name. We lift up the cup, the cleansing of our sins that symbolizes the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross for us. We partake in Jesus' name. Lift up your hands, put it down, put those things on, the, on your seats, lift up your hands. What can we say, Lord? to these things if you are for us who can be against us no weapon formed against us will prosper <laughs> no matter what happens we'll get through because you were with us thank you Lord thank you my God that you did not spare your own son you went through that process and you loved us so much so that with him we know that no matter what we need it's ours because if you did that, you gave your greatest gift, then we have everything that we need. So Lord, we give you thanks and we give you praise. Just give him praise. Just lift up your voice and just give him praise. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We are indebted to you, to your love, to your grace. Jesus, you did it all. You did it all. Lord God, we thank you for what you went through so that we could be saved, we could be made whole, we can be, come into the very presence of Jesus and love you with all of our heart. In Jesus, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's give him praise. Let's give him honor.
Thanks for listening to this week's message from Encompass Church. If today's message has impacted you and you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayer or if you want to get connected to the church, please contact us at office at encompass.org.au. Never miss a moment by following us online. Search for Encompass Church on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.